very good morning to you and welcome to our service of Holy Communion this morning. Welcome also if you're watching online now or later on. We start with a few notices and this is the first one. Guess who's coming to dinner? It's an opportunity to get to know folk both from St Andrews and here as well. If you'd like to sign up to go to somebody's house and have a surprise dinner with other guests who you'll discover when you get there, or you might wish to host one. Well, there is a sign-up sheet at the back, and today's the last day you can sign up for that. The next notice is about the men's breakfast. A special speaker, Daryl Grieg, who's going to speak on the pursuit of a loving father, and that's on the 4th of February. Another notice, which you probably can't read, but it does say that we're hiring a new administrator for 15 hours a week to help Liz, our current operations manager, and we're also hiring an assistant children and families minister for 12 hours a week. If you want details of those posts, then please email Liz, our operations manager, and find out some more. We're continuing in our series on We Are The Church, looking particularly today at whole life discipleship and being salt and light on our frontiers. But today is also the day when we celebrate the presentation of the baby Christ in the temple at Jerusalem, where he was met by Simeon, who wrote these words, spoke these words. You might know it as the Nunc Dimittis, as it was in days gone by. Well, we're going to begin our service by using these words. He was referring, of course, to Jesus as that light for everyone. But we are called to be lights of the world too. So there's a strong connection. Let's stand and say these words together. Together we say, Lord, now let your servant go in peace. Your word has been fulfilled. My eyes have seen the salvation which you have prepared in the sight of every people, a light to reveal you to the nations and the glory of your people Israel. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer as we stand and ask for God to fill us with his spirit today. Heavenly Father, you sent your son Jesus to be our light. And now we pray that you will so fill us with his spirit that we may shine the light of God to others. In Jesus' name, Amen. In order to be lights of the world, we need the breath of life to come sweeping through us. This is our first hymn.
Hear the words of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Let us therefore bring our sins into his light and confess them in penitence and faith. Together we pray. Father eternal, giver of light and grace, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in what we have thought, in what we have said and done, through ignorance, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We have wounded your love and marred your image in us. We are sorry and ashamed and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and lead us out from darkness to walk as children of light. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who in his great mercy has promised forgiveness of sins to all those who with heartfelt repentance and true faith turn to him, have mercy on us, pardon and deliver us from all our sins, confirm and strengthen us in all goodness, and bring us to everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And the special prayer for today which we say together, Lord Jesus Christ, light of the nations and glory of Israel, make your home among us and present us pure and holy to your heavenly Father, your God and our God. Amen. We stand to sing, Light of the world, you step down into darkness, opened our eyes, let me see.
seated for our readings and Peter's going to come and bring us God's word. As you can see, we have two readings from the Gospels this morning, the first from Matthew and the second from Luke. So Matthew chapter 5, starting at verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. And then the first 12 verses of Luke chapter 10. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him, to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go. I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag, or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, Peace to this house. If a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. If not, it will return to you. Stay in that house, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages." Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, Even the dust of your town that sticks to our feet we wipe off against you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God is near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, take my words 
and our thoughts and equip us to be salt and light for you in the days ahead. Amen. This is, of course, part two um, of being Jesus' followers. If you didn't hear Dave last week, do listen to it on the web. I promise you he was brilliant last week, so it's well worth listening to him again. So, no apologies for just setting the scene for today and using one or two of Dave's slides from last week. And the first one is a bit from Mark's Gospel. And it says, He appointed twelve that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. Be with him in order to be sent out. And that was what we looked at last week. We focused last week, or Dave focused our minds on the being with him. But he also said that, of course, the being with is what empowers the sending out. If we go out to do things, trusting our own strength, our own abilities, our own qualifications, we are setting ourselves up for failure. But if we go out acknowledging our weakness, acknowledging our inability to do what's required, but relying on the Spirit of God within us to strengthen us, give us the words, give us the actions, give us the time. Yes, if we go out and we are sent in His strength, then things will be all right. Last week, we, Dave talked about being three-dimension discipleship. We are three-dimensioned disciples. And the first one is that by God's grace, we seek to look up, to be with Jesus, to know him and to walk with him in the whole of life. Not for an hour on Sunday mornings, but the whole of life. And the second part, which we focused on last week, was by God's grace, we seek to become more like Jesus in our character, in our lives. And today, we move on and we look at the third part of that 3D. And the third part is that we look outwards and we aim to live like Jesus in our context on our front lines. And we saw that after they had been with him, Jesus, last week, we read that he sent out the twelve, his twelve disciples. This week, we read that he sent out seventy-two. Have you ever wondered why it was seventy-two? Why didn't he send sixty or seventy or any other number? Why seventy-two? But he sent them out. And have you ever wondered what happened to those 72? Well, we get a bit of a clue as to what may have happened if we go on 
further, we didn't actually read the next bit, but if in Matthew you get down to, um, sorry, that's a lie, I'm lying to you. If we look in Luke, this story of the sending out of the 72, if we'd read on to verse 17, we'd have read this. The 72 returned... Oh, so they did come back to him. But they returned with joy and they said, Lord, even demons submit to us in your name. I wonder what they felt like when they went out. Oh, we've got to go and tell them Jesus is coming and he says we've got to heal the sick and we've got to cast out demons. And will it work? And I can't do this thing. But they went out in their pairs and when they came back they said, it was amazing. They returned with joy and they knew that they had been able to do what Jesus told them to do because they had his power. We don't know what happened to them after that. We don't know the names of them. We don't know. It appears that they didn't probably become bishops or church leaders or anything like that. Um, No. But I guess they went on being followers of Jesus on their own front lines. Perhaps it wasn't the same sort of full-time front line uh, such as the Twelve had, Um, But on the other hand, I'm not sure that there is such a thing as a part-time disciple. I mean, you know, was Paul full-time? Because after all, he did go on uh, making tents and things while he was doing his missionary journeys. So does that make him a part-time disciple? No, I don't think so. It just meant that he was full-time on his own front line doing what God had told him to do. As a young boy, when I became a Christian and I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Saviour, I was quite convinced that what I needed to do was to become a missionary and go out to Nigeria. This was a few years after I was equally convinced that I was going to be a steamroller driver. I didn't become a steamroller driver and I've never been anywhere near Nigeria. But perhaps just believing that that might be what God was calling me to do at least showed a willingness to get beyond being a Christian means I've got to go to church for an hour every Sunday morning. It was a willingness to a whole life discipleship. And then of course... As a young adult, I wondered about getting ordained. It didn't take me very long to realize that that was not my calling either. I would have been a terrible vicar. I'm quite clear about that. But perhaps, again, it showed a willingness. What was my calling? Well, I guess within churches I have been on PCCs and synods and diocesan boards of education and and done churchy things, if you like. But my main 
front line through most of my life has been in education. And it wasn't a case of you're in education there and you're in church there. I hope, I hope that in my education role I was being a Christian, salt and light, on the front line. Whether I was doing that effectively, others will have to judge in the end, no doubt God will judge. But there I was. Um, Just before Christmas this year, I was talking to one of our local vicars, not in this parish, and he said, how many hours have you given to the food bank this week? Well, as it happened, it had been quite a busy food bank week. Thinking about it, quite a lot of weeks are quite busy weeks at the food bank. But I just said, well, quite a lot. But how many hours have you spent on your work as a vicar? And he said, ah, but that's a vocation. I said, I think the food bank's my vocation at the moment. Um, So perhaps... That part of my front line. Years and years and years ago, I was teaching in a school where one of the chemistry teachers was also a part time Elim minister. When I first met him, I had no idea what the Elim church was. I had to go away and look it up. But anyway, he and I would from time to time meet together in school and pray together. And on one occasion, I told him that our head teacher was a member of the church that I was going to. At least he was on the electoral roll and turned up um, from time to time. And my Elim colleague said, I didn't know he was a Christian. And I just thought, I don't want anyone ever to say that about me. Don't let anyone say about us that they don't know that we are followers of Jesus Christ. But you know, being known as a follower of Jesus does bring responsibilities because if we are known as Jesus' followers, then our Lord and Master may be judged by what people see of us by our actions, our attitudes, our words. Have we been salt and light? Is this really a bit scary? Has our light shone? Have we lived like Jesus? And I come to these things and I think, have I? What about it? Perhaps, just perhaps, we need to write down a list. And in the first column, we can put our life events. And in the second column, we can put how we have responded to those events. And then comes the scary bit, because in the third column, we perhaps need to write, what would Jesus have done in those circumstances? What about my life events and my response and what would Jesus do? Now, I could write you a whole list there 
of all my events and my failings, but I will just settle for giving you a couple of examples. Here's a life event which I guess most of us have met at one time or another. Don't you just hate it? And I particularly hate it when I can see another car dodging from one lane to another to try and get a ten-yard advantage on me. And what's my response to these traffic cues? Well, it's probably a bit like that. Not very gracious, not very loving. And what would Jesus do? I suspect Jesus' reaction would be much more like that. Calm, accepting, all will be well in God's timing. And just for a second example, when things aren't fair, I have to tell you, I am much better at noticing unfairness when I'm the victim than I am at noticing unfairness when it's all right by me. The world isn't fair. And so many people are so much worse off than I am that I really have no excuse for feeling that I am being treated unfairly. But when I find I am treated unfairly, what's my reaction? Rather like the judge. Lock him up. Send him to prison. Throw away the key. I want justice. I want revenge. Oh. And what would Jesus' reaction be? I suspect an understanding that we are naught percent perfect, but a hundred percent forgiven. There's always that chance we are forgiven because of the cross, because Jesus paid the penalty for all the times that we've been unfair to others, all the times we've got things wrong, we are forgiven. Just a couple of examples. I'm sure you could go on writing a dozen more. But perhaps the writer John summed it up in the first epistle of John. And he said, if we confess our sins... He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You see, the fact is that we have been gathered together here on a Sunday or gathered in your own homes on the live stream or watching it later. We are brought together to be with Jesus, to be with God in order that having been brought into his presence, we may be scattered for the next six days. 
we need to be strengthened together, to be scattered. If you get salt in a great big heap and try eating it, it is revolting. It is a disaster. That's not what you do with salt. You take a little bit of it and you scatter it. And it's great. It adds a taste to the food. And it's a good thing. So, do you know that we are all given authority to be salt? To gather together for the strength. But if we just stay in a heap, that's not going to work. We are to go out and be scattered and spread the salt across the world on our front lines wherever we happen to be. And we might ask, has our light shone? Have we lived like Jesus? If people look at us, will they say, if that's what Jesus is like, I want to join the club. Or will they say, if that's what Jesus is like, count me out. What a scary thought and what a responsibility for each one of us. So, know this. We have been given the authority and the power to go out and do some sprinkling. We're going to have a song now. I was going to say it's halfway through the sermon, but relax. It's about three quarters of the way through the sermon. Um, You don't have to stand up for it. If you want to sing along with the words, some of you will, I know, that's fine. If you want to just listen to it, that's fine. Do watch the screen. You may recognize some of the places. You may recognize some of the people. So, slight break from me talking.
we seek your kingdom in Malvern. Yes, but how are we going to do it? Well, you saw some people from our churches on their front lines being salt and light in their daily lives. And I'm sure you all noticed that Frank was there as one of the pictures. Frank is still on his front line. Yes, he can't be as active as he was in previous decades. But in the rest home, he is salt and light to other residents, to the staff there. And we give thanks for the many, many years of Frank's life being salt and light in all sorts of ways in the places where he has been placed. A Pharisee came and spoke to Jesus and said, Who's my neighbor? And he wanted a set of rules because Pharisees were really good at making rules and saying, Yep, there's a rule. I can put a tick by it. I've kept it. But Jesus didn't give him a set of rules. He didn't give him any clear rules. He just gave him an example. Who was the neighbor to the man who was beaten up by robbers? Well, it turned out that it was the most unlikely of people in the story. We know the story of the Good Samaritan. It gave us an example But perhaps it also gives us an example that what we're called to be as salt and light on our front lines. We are called to care for others wherever we happen to be. That may be just a random act of kindness, letting another car come out of a side road in front of you, letting someone go in front of you at a supermarket checkout, picking up something that somebody's dropped. It can be a trivial little thing but we can all care for others. Our neighbor is very good. He cares for us. After the dustman have been round and emptied the wheelie bins, he takes our wheelie bin back round to the back of the house. We call him the bin monitor. Yes, it's easy. We can care for one another. And, of course, we can be conscientious with our work, whatever our work happens to be. It doesn't matter whether we are in charge of running a big organization or whether we're just there to empty the waste paper baskets. If we are conscious in what we do and do it for God. I was going to say do it for Yorkshire, but that's different. We do it for God. And we call out for truth and justice and don't... Doesn't this country need people who will stand up and call out for truth and justice and say, actually, that's not right? We want fairness. We want justice. We want truth. We want it amongst our leaders. And we do need to be praying that our leaders will have integrity and that the call for truth and justice will be heard. And, of course... 
as salt and light, we will find ourselves challenging the culture. The culture says, but we've always done it this way. This is how we do it in our society. And sometimes we need to challenge that and say, actually, that may be the way it's been done in the past, but is it right? Is it God's way? As salt and light, we will challenge the culture and we will consistently be the gospel. Notice I didn't say we will consistently speak the gospel because people won't care what we know until they know that we care. So we are to live the good news of Jesus consistently be the gospel. And finally, because when people look at us, they may well judge our Saviour by what they see of us. I'm not very good at this. I know I'm just not very good at bringing the character of God to the front so that other people can see it. But Jesus was quite clear that that's what we ought to be trying to do. And it's not just a responsibility of the bishops and the vicars, it's a responsibility of each one of us. Because Jesus said, let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and say, oh, there's a good bloke. No, no. They may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I'm sure on that list you're thinking, I can do that one, I'm not very good at that, I'm hopeless at that, oh, I'm not bad on that one. But there we go, we've all got something to work on because we are being sent out to be salt and light, scattered on our front lines, whether that's at home and just saying hello to the postman, or whether it's whatever we're doing and wherever we are, let's be salt and light for the next six days till we come together again to be strengthened again for another six days because many small things can make a big difference. And now, Margaret's going to come and lead us in prayers. Let's pray. You are the salt of the earth. Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and praise your Father in heaven. Lord, thank you for reminding us this morning that we are called by you to be light and salt in our world, and that you send us out to be fruitful. In our own strength, we know that's impossible. But with you, all things are possible. May we this week walk with you, 
on our front lines. So let's just be still for a moment and reflect on our front lines this week. Where are we going? Who will we be meeting? And what tasks lay ahead of us? Remembering that God promises to be with us wherever we go. Lord, we offer to you all that we will be involved in this week. Go with us into the known and into the unknown. And may we be salt and light to all those we meet. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our world. And at the end of this week of prayer for Christian unity, We pray, Heavenly Father, that peace will replace war, that justice will replace injustice, and that love will replace hate. And may people live together in harmony, no matter the colour of their skin or their standing in society. We offer to you this morning the parts of our world that are torn apart, by war, famine and natural disasters. And in the silence we offer to you those situations on our hearts. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our own country, for our government and leaders, For the situations that at the moment seem impossible, Lord, may they be resolved. We bring to you those who work in the NHS, the rail network, the teaching profession, and other areas where people feel their jobs are just impossible and their wages unfair. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And we pray for our church here in Malvern and for those who serve us. We especially pray for Dave, for Helen and for Liz. Give them your strength and your wisdom. We pray for our church wardens, our PCC members and those who are involved in various outreach activities. And we pray especially this morning for the initiatives that are being prayerfully considered for other people to join the leadership team. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And we know there are so so many people in in our own places here who are facing difficult times facing difficult decisions. So we continue to pray this morning, Lord, for Shirley and the family, your peace and your healing. For Carol and her family, especially for tomorrow, Lord. And we pray for those who are unable to join us here, 
because of their age, their illness or their circumstances. We lift them to you. Thank you, Lord, that you know all the situations that we have laid before you this morning. And we trust that you will meet the needs of those we have named in our hearts. Go with us, Lord, into this week, enabling us to be salt and light wherever we go. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. We're going to stand now to share the peace with one another. Please stand in the tender mercy of our God. The day spring from on high has broken upon us to give us light, to give light to those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. May the peace of the Lord be always with you. You might wish to turn to one another and share a sign of peace. Peace, you people. We're going to sing our communion hymn now in making our response to God's call to us to be salt and light. We say, Is it I, Lord?
please be seated for our communion prayer. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Almighty God, good Father to us all, your face is turned towards your world. In love you gave us Jesus, your Son, to rescue us from sin and death. Your word goes out to call us home to the city where angels sing your praise. We join with them in heaven's song. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Father of all, we give you thanks for every gift that comes from heaven. To the darkness, Jesus came as your light with signs of faith and words of hope. He touched untouchables with your love and washed the guilty clean. This is his story. This is our song. Hosanna in the highest. The crowds came out to see your son, yet at the end they turned on him. On the night he was betrayed, he came to table with his friends to celebrate the freedom of your people. Jesus blessed you, Father, for the food. He took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and said, This is my body given for you all. Jesus then gave thanks for the wine. He took the cup, gave it and said, This is my blood shed for you all for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. Therefore, Father, with this bread and this cup, we celebrate the cross on which he died to set us free. Defying death, he rose again and is alive with you to plead for us and all the world. Send your Spirit on us now, that by these gifts we may feed on Christ with opened eyes and hearts on fire. May we and all who share this food offer ourselves to live for you and be welcomed at your feast in heaven where all creation worships you, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. As our Saviour taught us, so we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. As we forgive those who sin against us, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ which he gave for you and his blood which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you. Feed on him in your hearts, by faith, with thanksgiving.
Together we pray, Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. Our closing hymn. God is working his purpose out as year succeeds to year. Please stand. Father, please accept these, our gifts, as tokens 
of our love for you in Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. Do join us for coffee in a moment after the service. If you need prayer at all, we have our prayer team waiting at the back to pray with you. So let's come to the blessing. The Lord bless you and watch over you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look kindly on you and give you peace. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit rest upon you and remain with you always. Amen. So let us go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen. Thank you.